Welcome to Jyotish Conversations, a weekly series presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each week we feature a half-hour conversation with a leading practitioner of Jyotish, Vedic astrology. And our goal is to make this ancient knowledge interesting, understandable, and somewhat less mysterious. So here's this week's show, and thanks for listening. So we're joined again today with by Ann Beversdorf. Good morning, Ann. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Good, good. So we're going to talk about the moon today. That's big. <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So Indian astrology is is really lunar astrology at its at its heart. Yeah. Um, but it, I think there's a, 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 a symbolic component to that. Um, so why don't you go ahead and, and uh, uh, give me a couple yeah. reasons why Vedic astrology is so lunar-oriented. Hmm. Well, first of all, in my opinion, the original history of Vedic um, astrology was lunar because we have this tradition of nakshatras, which are, well, it's been kind of condensed down to 27 different signs that the moon goes through. Vedic constellations, really, right? Yeah, Vedic constellations. It's kind of like in Western astrology and in Indian astrology of 12 signs of the sun, but you in in the course of a year but you have in the course of a cycle of the moon around the sun the one month lunar cycle just under a month you have every single sign represented and each day each time each day it changes let's see about three 13 degrees and that's that's the length of a nakshatra almost it's a little more than that right so they're giving one day each day of the lunar month is a different sign and the moon is very easy to follow in the sky you know it's big it's little it's dark it's light it's a quarter moon it's it's out it's not out oh that's true observationally right observationally it's it's one of the first timers in fact the month is named after the moon moon, in english so it's it's very visible very obvious I um, Bepin Bahari is an Indian astrologer who is uh, very involved in theosophy, and he says that the moon is the container for the divine spark. And when you ask an Indian person what is your sign, they don't tell you their sun sign; right. they will tell you their moon their, sign. Their nakshatra, yeah. In Indian astrology, we look at the moon as manas, which is the word for state of mind. It kind of means mind, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean thinking mind. It means your state of being. Are you generally a happy person? Are you generally an unhappy person? Sort of a combination and, of mind and, and, and emotion together. It, yeah, it's 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 emotion with emotion. I think of is far more variable than <laughs> state of being state of mind across your lifetime but yeah some people are melancholy some people are happy and that would be a manas a moon issue right so that's one of the big 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 reasons that the moon is important because 
it doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the world and you win every award if your state of mind is always melancholy you're not a happy it's not a happy life right and if you are begging on the street corner but you have an utterly cheerful disposition you could have a very happy life so that's one reason i think the moon can be far more important than the personality issues that we associate with solar astrology so yeah a, a good moon makes your life more peaceful a difficult moon brings internal challenges and of course now with western psychology we know that if you've got a lot of internal conflicts you may very well externalize those conflicts and create disharmony around you as well so those are those are some of the issues another thing that i haven't seen spoken of a lot but to me one of the reasons that the moon has is is so completely important in vedic astrology is because most nakshatra systems are based on the exact position of the moon at your birth so in other you mean, words are you meaning dasha systems i'm sorry thank you ben yeah. <laughs> foot and mouth no 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 that's okay that's okay you're right the nakshatra the nakshatra which is which is really just a finer level of of the signs in a way yes yes um yes so and therefore much much more precise Um, right and and a dasha system being a system of timing of events and determining kind of the environment within which we operate at any given time i like to say when a person changes from one dasha or a time period ruled by one planet into a new dasha which is a time period move, move bleh, ruled by another planet <laughs> right, right it's kind of like moving into an a, a totally different climate a life climate zone yes so you could move from a jupiter dasha which could be buoyant and uplifting and happy because Jupiter tends to be about expansion and spiritual knowledge and expanding your horizons into a Saturn period, which in the most standard Dasha system is the sequence. Saturn is a constrictive planet. So you can wake up one morning expecting you know, your next year to go just as excitingly and, and optimistically as the last 16 years and suddenly everything's shut down because mm-hmm. you're in a constrictive period. Right. So it's a climate zone and it's very helpful to know how to prepare for those climate zones and the position of the moon at your birth is setting up those zones and it's not just for the most popular most used dasha system which they call vimshotri. It's also the starter for the other most of the other dasha systems although you sometimes can choose not to use the moon but it it basically starts you off and another thing I've observed is that the the ruler of the constellation, the nakshatra of the moon at your birth. Okay, let's say that again. The ruler of the nakshatra slash constellation of the moon at your birth. That ruler will be a planet or Rahu or Ketu, which are the nodes of the moon. Right that planet will have a huge imprint. It's kind of like when the duckling sees you before it sees your mother, it imprints on you and follows you around. Mm -hmm. That particular nakshatra is an imprint 
that follows you your entire life. It is so deeply a part of you. So somebody born in a nakshatra of Mars, knowing nothing else about their chart, is going to have a very much more active life than someone born in a nakshatra of Ketu, which lends one to contemplation. So with and knowing of course, nothing else. Have, right, right. With knowing nothing else, you would that would be a clue. Yes. But I always, cause, because I'm, I'm anticipating what perhaps some of our more skeptical listeners might be saying, but life is also wonderfully complex. Oh, yes, as, absolutely. As is, <clears throat> as is Jyotish. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to have to cut that out. This is at eight <laughs> minutes. <clears throat> life is wonderfully complex, as is Jyotish. So in addition to the, the nature of the planet, you have to look at the condition of the planet in the chart. So, for example, in my chart, my moon is in Uttara Falguni, mm -hmm. uh, which is found in the sign of Kanya or Virgo, mm -hmm. the ruler of which is the sun. Mm -hmm. The sun is in the sixth house, mm -hmm. which has both good parts and bad parts to that, but uh -huh, the ruler uh -huh. of my sixth house is exalted. Okay. So, service, and service, and yeah, so exactly service, and service. so you do service on a very, very high level. Well, I don't know how very, very high, but but at least Pujina is a good example of something that. Um, I feel very, very, very comfortable doing because I'm able to be of service to others. And so I think, course, that, I think that I, I think that itself is a service-oriented sign. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I think I think that shows um, it. It shows the complexity of well, you know, we are all familiar with the complexity of human life, but the the complexity of Jyotish and how oftentimes if Jyotish seems to fail. It's more a matter of the Jyotishi not following that chain far enough. I agree. And in fact, this is a little uh, tangential to our topic. But one of the things I notice when people first start to study Jyotish is they'll say, oh, this is great. This is bad. This is great. This is bad. Am I going to have a wonderful life or I'm going to be a beggar in the street? Which is it? Right. And it's a blend. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to be at the top sometimes and a beggar sometimes but it means that you'll do really well in some ways and other things will be a little harder and you're going to have to it's a blend it's additive right right so that's that's you know people can get pretty excited or panicked when they take a first look at their chart indeed well okay so anyway so back to topic yeah back um, to the so you're saying the moon and then the nakshatra of the moon and yes. the ruler of the nakshatra of the moon gives a clue as to the ways in which or the style in which the moon will express itself. Yes, and these will be imprints that no matter how they may vary between one person and another, this imprint, your imprint that all adds up to service, will be a part of your life as just where you belong, where you feel like you belong. This is a theme that comes back over and over again. And uh, you know, you mentioned Bepin Bahari. Do you remember the title of the book? Um, it's uh, it may it may be myths and symbols and Vedic yes. astrology. 
brilliant because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't quite remember it. It is a wonderful book, and I don't know if it's still in print. But... I believe it's back in print. I've seen it yeah. online. He has a number of books that have gone in and out of print, and the ones that were edited beautifully by Ken Johnson for American English anyway um, are now available again, if I'm not mistaken. Well, this um, book I would recommend to anybody any, because any. the story of the evolution of the soul as seen through the progression of the nakshatras, it's, you, you know, you can read this book over and over and over and over again and always learn something new. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Another fabulous look at the lunar nakshatras is in Hart Defoe's book, um, The Science of Light. It's Light on Life, excuse Light me. On Light life. on Life. Right. Light on Life. And, and I know and, that Light on Life is available from Amazon. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure Bahari's material is to us. B-E-H-A-R-I is the last right. name. Bepin Bahari. And, um, okay, back to the moon. So let's, how, about, how about talking about debilitation? Yeah. Because that's always something that, that people will go, oh, my moon is in Scorpio, it's debilitated. Oh, my God, what does that mean? Well, the good news is by the time they've asked that question, they've gotten through the worst of it. Right. <laughs> because I think one of the things that, of course, a planet is always going to do well in its own sign. So the moon does well in cancer. And it will do well in its sign of exaltation, which is Taurus. So why is Scorpio debilitated? And Ben and I were talking about this a while back, and... and it's fun to noodle these things. Scorpio is ruled by Mars. Mars is not exactly the most peaceful planet. And the planet Mars is, um, well, let's, you're going to have to edit this out. I lost my train of thought, Jim, uh, Ben. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, it's ruled uh, so, by Mars. We can get that okay, far. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I need to write this down because of 1333. Okay. Okay, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. Mars is not the most peaceful planet. And when you refer to the moon as your state of mind, you're first of all getting an, a suggestion of maybe it's not a peaceful state of mind. So that's a little difficult. There is another Mars sign, but it's not debilitated in Aries, which is the other sign ruled by Mars. So why is it debilitated in Scorpio? Well, Scorpio, as every sign does, there are three nakshatras that cross that sign. And the first nakshatra, which is ruled by Jupiter, is a very teeny, teeny bit of the beginning of Scorpio. Mm. So even if you're born with a moon at zero Scorpio, you only get a teeny, teeny, teeny bit of this nice Jupiter nakshatra. Or Jupiter-ruled nakshatra. So the reason that's important is Jupiter ruling your birth nakshatra is going to be the planet controlling the climate in your life mm. for that period of time. The next nakshatra is ruled by Saturn. And Saturn is very long. It's 19 years long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Long Space. dacha. Big long yeah, dacha. Yeah, very, very, very long. And Saturn is restrictive. Right. And there's kind of a little rule of thumb. Saturn treats older people better than it treats younger people. 
a person growing up for the first 20 years of their life or from the age 3 to 23 under a Saturn Dasha is likely to experience an awful lot of difficulties for which children are not prepared. Mm. It can include um, difficulties with parents. It can include illness. It could include abusive situations, um, losses of various kinds. It is not pleasant. But anyone who has gone through this in childhood has learned an awful lot of lessons real early in life that later on are going to serve them well when other people they've never been hit with a problem you know they're 30 and they hit their first great big problem and they're falling apart well a person going through a childhood like this is not going to be surprised when they hit a problem at 30 because they've developed an awful lot of coping skills right is it fun to develop these coping skills as a child no does it create peace of mind to have memories of huge difficulties in childhood? No, it doesn't. So a moon in the Dasha of Scorpio, in the, in, the, in the Nakshatra of Scorpio, is going to have, no matter what, it's going to be a lot of Saturn energy. And the deepest debilitation for the moon is five, which is right there just after Saturn begins. So I think that's a lot of it. Now, there are, there's a repeat, technically, of the nine planets ruling the first period of your life. There's a repeat. Each one happens three times. So since these nine planets are repeated three times, there are three signs that will give you a Saturn-ruled period in the early part of your life. One of them is in Cancer. But Cancer, isn't that right? One's in Cancer. Okay. Scorpio, Cancer, they're all water signs. Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces. Mm -hmm. Cancer is the moon's own sign. So instead of having a restless Mars-like moon, you'll have a peaceful moon that's at home in its own environment. And yeah, maybe our parents were poor, but we were all together. That kind of energy. It changes the nature. Instead of restless, warrior-like, combative. It's peaceful. It's at home. And the other one that has a Saturn in it is Pisces, which is ruled by the moon's great friend, Jupiter. So again, there's this, well, whatever, it's okay. We can live with this mm. feeling. There are two other conditions of the moon that can be, well, there are a number of other conditions of the moon, but one is the 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 good, the exalted moon in Taurus right and Taurus is in Venus's Taurus is ruled by Venus it's a sweet sign Sun moon and Mars are the rulers in Taurus so in Taurus ruled the moon in a nakshatra you know the lunar constellation ruled by itself is going to be happy that's the middle one in Taurus and Venus so, is so let me let me just restate that because I think okay. you went through that fairly quickly. What yeah, you're yeah, doing is you're looking at the sign of Taurus, mm -hmm. and you're saying there are three nakshatras in Taurus. The rulers of those nakshatras are friendly to the moon. Yes. Therefore, and the moon is one of the rulers. Right. Therefore, if you have your moon in Taurus. Because it's like it's like just underneath the surface, the nakshatras are all pretty happy. The moon is going to be happy there. 
and therefore, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it, the, the I think of exaltation and debilitation as being the ease with which a planet can express itself. Yes. Um, I <clears throat> I have uh, my eldest daughter has her moon in Scorpio, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how she feels at any given moment is an exercise that is very very challenging. Because she can literally start a sentence um, being very happy with me as a dad and at the end of the sentence be very distressed with me. <laughs> and now, sometimes all that happens and you don't even know it till afterwards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no matter what, it, 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 um, and I, 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 I see this so often with people who have either they've been born with the moon close to the time of the new moon, the new moon's yeah. not very bright, or yes. in particularly if it's in Scorpio, um, there's almost like there's 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 a disconnect. They have that moon side of their life, but it's very very difficult for that to find expression in life, and yeah. so debilitation um, doesn't mean that they don't have emotions. It does mean uh, that they have difficulty expressing them. Yes. Um, I think one of my favorite examples of debilitation is someone pointed out that uh, comedians oftentimes have a debilitated mercury. So they, they're really, they're specialists in communication, but the expression is not, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Their expression is A, M, N, P, Q, you know, Z. Yes, atypical. Atypical. Uh, very yeah. roundabout. So, so one of the points I wanted to make here is that if if anyone you know looks at their chart and finds they have a debilitated moon, um, it just it shows an area of life where you're, where where you know you're you you have to grow, you have to develop, and. Um, On the other hand, many people with a debilitated moon or with the moon in Scorpio, which is just you know the statement, right. not the judgment, right. choose not to let people know what they're feeling. They can keep their cards very close to yes, their chest. Very secretive. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So it's not just that they can't when they want to, but sometimes they don't want to. <laughs> well, because they're comfortable. They're very comfortable that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's I think fun. I think the opposite when you look at at exaltation is, um, you know, you can say, okay, well, what's the downside to exaltation? Um, yeah. And I think what happens there, in my experience, is that people who have exalted planets, um, those planets uh, express themselves with such ease that mm-hmm. when they when they come into a dasha, a, a time period that's not friendly to that planet, and, and this is your the point before yeah, I distracted you. Yeah, it's a real you. surprise. Yeah, it's, a it's a real surprise, and they don't really have the coping skills. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, if you have, you know, if you have your moon in Taurus and then Saturn's going through Taurus, it's torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's very it's very helpful with the debilitated moon because I, I don't often read for people under 20. And so I almost always can say, well, the good news is, you've experienced the worst. <laughs> you know, it's over now. Right. And the the really good news is, as a result, you have developed tremendous skills in how to get along in any kind of situation. 
There are a couple of other things about the moon that I think are interesting, probably because they're in my chart. Mm. And one, and, and they are kind of opposites. So one is an isolated moon. And an isolated moon, the word for it is Kamadruma, is some, it tends, now when you read the old sutras, the old texts, they will say, oh, this is a beggar with no friends, and on and on and on about how extremely isolated that person could be. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. What house is it in? What sign is it in? You have to take all of the factors before you come. I'm just going to make a note about these sutras and these um, rules for what does something mean. Right. Generally, as Mark Boney, our wonderful teacher, pointed out to us, that is the condition with no ameliorating circumstances. <laughs> if you have nothing to make it better, right. that's what it is. Or if you have nothing, nothing, nothing to make it worse, it'll be this great thing. So they're all, all of these little rules are the extremes. Nobody, nobody has a chart that has not any, that has no canceling conditions right. in it. Right. So right. I have an isolated moon. I work for myself. I work out of my home. I talk to people mostly on the phone. I have to work very hard to see other people because I don't run into them on a daily basis. And so, so by isolated, um, what sign is your moon in? My moon is in Aries. It's in Ashvini. Okay. And then, so by isolated, so you're meaning that there's no planet. So what's, what's so near the moon? So what's the closest planet? The closest planet isn't a planet. It's Rahu. Okay. So it doesn't really count. And it's in Pisces, the next, the previous mm-hmm. sign. And the moon doesn't, there are no aspects to the moon in my chart. Okay. So it, it isn't, it's isolated if there are no planets around it. And if it isn't in an aspect relationship with other planets. So now I also have another condition, which is, are you there? Yeah. Uh, Gajakasara, which means that the moon is in an angle to Jupiter. Now, it's not an aspect to Jupiter, so it's still Kamadruma. Mm-hmm. But at Gajakasara, moon-Jupiter angle, so this would be if you've got the moon in the first house, then Jupiter could be in the first or the fourth or the seventh or the tenth, so you're just counting like the fourth sign over each time. Right. And that's, that would be an angular moon-Jupiter relationship. It puts you in touch with big people. It brings you kind of upliftment in some way, usually in a public way. So here I sit with my isolated moon, talking to Ben, my good friend, over thousands of miles on a computer right. to get a podcast on the web. I mean, what, a, what an ironic combination. But it, it accounts for both circumstances. I'm yeah. not I'm not Deepak Chopra talking to people and crowds coming to me. That's not happening and it's not gonna happen. Right. 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 So it's it's a funny kind of situation. From a position of relative isolation, I can from without face to face be talking mm-hmm. to many people. Isn't that funny? That is, it is, and I, I, one of my personal theories about Jyotish is that you can take any life experience and you can find the correlate of that in a person's chart, mm-hmm. and some sometimes the 
the symbology is is so perfect because mm-hmm. you know you you think of the uh, the moon being all by itself. I mean, what a what a wonderful picture um, from an astrological or symbolic perspective. But then also it'll match experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and it of some. It's some, not lonely. It's right. not a lonely moon. It's isolated. Right. And then, of course, there would be degrees of isolation. How full is the moon? You know, what specific right, right. sign? You know, uh, having a, having someone who was born on the new moon uh, and that, that taking place in Pisces, yeah. I, I mean, taking place in Scorpio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be a that lot more That would be bad. Isolated. Yes. That would be a lot more isolated. And so then, of if, course, if you combine if you combine that with with other factors in the chart, you, you know it can it can turn very tragic. So it's not it's you know everything as you were saying earlier everything is a matter of scale. It's a matter of of uh, you know fairly complex interactions with other planets as well. But the principle is the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you can get stuck and look at one thing and forget all the mitigating circumstances that the chart will tell you, right. and it scare yourself or or think, oh my gosh, I'm going to win the lottery. I think I'll go buy a big car right now, and then you'll be in trouble. But it's it's layer upon layer upon layer of different interpretations, and of course, then if your moon is really unhappy, because I do think the condition of the moon has a lot to do with one's satisfaction in life, just satisfaction. Right. There are things that. That, and I think Poojanet is one of the most wonderful examples of things that you can do to um, increase your satisfaction. And quite often these remedies will change external circumstances. And other times they'll simply make the existing circumstances more pleasant. Well, so my, my, you know, right, my efforts have been towards using the traditional remedies called right. Poojas and Yagyas. But uh, do you have you you Anne have, have are, are uh, uh, an expert in some of the smaller things that people can do? Um, uh, you know, I think of them as quote local because of course the pujas yes. take place in India. So what 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 can you do if your moon's unhappy? There, first of all, I'm going to say, let's not run out and get pearls. Pearls is the gemstone for the moon. And I tend, although I love gemstones, <laughs> I tend not to recommend them as remedies for a number of reasons. The gemstones will give you all of the effects. They will strengthen that planet for good and for ill. So it'll make all the good things about that planet better, but it'll make the bad things stronger too. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to do that. But the simplest thing a person can do for the moon is light a white candle on Monday, put pictures of Divine Mother in any form, your own mother, your own grandmother around the moon, put around the candle, put white flowers. At the simplest level, it would just spend five minutes several times a day looking at this candle, blessing this energy, thanking the energy of the mothers. There are mantras. You're the mantra expert, Ben. <laughs> Om Suryaya. I mean, Om Chandraya Namaha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Om Chandraya. And uh, interestingly yeah. enough, just something as simple as Om Chandraya Namaha, you do that 108 times in the morning, 
Um, it, it takes it, like it, two minutes. Oh, yeah, but it makes such a difference, and it builds over time. When you take a uh, mantra and do it over and over and over and over again, in times of stress, that mantra will come back to you and really... I like to say the Indians are masters of spiritual technology. Yes. They don't just say words. They say words that actually change energy patterns. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And this recognizing the the symbolism of the moon, um, Chandraya, Samaya, um, there are several names. Samaya, right, sure. Samaya, right. Um, for the moon. And just saying the mantra, or if you don't want to say the mantra, uh, if it isn't fitting your belief system, you can thank Divine Mother in any form. Right. And ask for blessings, but it's it's gratitude, and that's not a terribly complex thought. But the trick, if you want to call it that, for Indian astrology or for Indian for Vedic thought, is gratitude toward just everything may be fine, but it won't fix your moon. Right. <laughs> you need to be grateful to moon things to make your moon treat you better. Right. Right. And and I you know going back to the Bepin Bahari book. Um, uh, it's wonderfully instructive because he explains, you know, the quote evolution of the soul um, through the nakshatras, and then th- therefore being related to the moon. Um, and he'll give you a sense of the kinds of lessons that you're intending to learn in this life. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it always bears uh, remembering that you know Jyotish. You know, we're we're not here to be punished. We're we're here to learn, and so if we're going through a difficult time, uh, you know, a difficult time, a difficult planetary period, um, if you're the, the the planets are just delivering our karmas, and so if you are if you are quietly sitting and doing a mantra, or you know, lighting just the act of lighting the candle, or bringing the Divine Mother to your awareness, that's cultivating the, the, the kinds of things that the, the planet is trying to teach you. Yes, and, and there is no planet that is all bad or all good. We talked earlier about Saturn, right? Um, and it brings restrictions and limitations and separations and difficulties, but it also brings authority and responsibility sure. and duty and structure. And when you look at all of the meanings of Saturn, sometimes the way to get out of the difficult, the punishing Saturn, so to speak, is to cultivate the good qualities. Let's be more disciplined about this work. Let's be more responsible to people. Let's take this on in a positive way. And that's also rounding out and balancing the energy. So with the moon, one might become overly emotional or overly um, depressed. But what do you do to round it out? You give gratitude. You lighten it. You, mm-hmm. um, you find the other sides to the moon. The moon is about peace of mind. You can't just say, well, I'm going to be happy now, darn. And, but you say, I'm thankful to Divine Mother for all the blessings of my life. And then there's a sweetness that starts to just, I, 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 I really can't tell you how or why, but it just creeps in. Well, it certainly does, and I think that, uh, as I always remind people when they're participating in the yagyas, it's a process, not an event. Um, yes, yeah, it's not an allopathic pill. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, Anne, so um, why don't you give people your website and your email address uh, so they can get in touch with you? Okay, the web address is Stariel, that's S-T-A-R-I-E-L dot com. And my email is A-N-N-E, that's my name, Anne, at Stariel dot com. And I'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, I think this has been a great this has been a great podcast, and we have to put on our list uh, to talk to do more podcasts on remedies and to also talk about uh, the moon again, um, particularly with reference to Saturn and Sade Sati. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we didn't talk about that, so, did we? <laughs> right, right, right. So as they as they say in TV, stay tuned. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.